Welcome to Sustainably Influenced, the podcast, hosted by me, Bianca Foley. And me, Charlotte Williams. In this podcast, we explore our efforts to making changes to our lifestyle as influencers, to live a more eco-conscious lifestyle, and hope that we can encourage you to make one small change. This isn't just a podcast for influencers. We want this to be a community of people who are trying to do their bit, where we can learn from one another and share our tips. So join in the conversation over on our Instagram, at Sustainably Influenced. Welcome back. Today we're joined by Paula McKellis, co-founder of lifestyle and media platform Green is the New Black and subsequently the Conscious Festival. Paula, together with her co-founder Stephanie Dixon, seek to inspire people to live more consciously and for the first time in its five-year history, the Conscious Festival is going completely digital this year and will be accessible as a three-day immersive virtual event from the 12th to the 14th of June. So, first of all, that's really exciting, moving to digital. Um, But can you tell us a bit about Green is the New Black? Thank you so much for having me. Um, So Green is the New Black, well, it's a social enterprise, but we are for profit because we love the idea of growing a profitable company while impacting the world and, and the communities. And it all started in Asia, where I had a chance to study in Singapore, and in Hong Kong, and where I met my partner, Stephanie. And at the time, I was actually working for another social enterprise, uh, which was called Gone Adventuring. And the idea was to bring corporates onto adventures in Southeast Asia, so that they could connect with environmental and social issues, and then implement uh, some of the action and tips they had learned along the way, alongside their business to implement more sustainable um, practices. So I was going on adventures with this corporate and we would be creating some content, videos, photos, you know, going to farms in Cambodia or to visit remote communities in Papua New Guinea. I had the chance to go on crazy adventures in remote places. Oh. And every time we would be creating the content, I was super happy, but I just thought there was something missing in terms of the content and the tone of voice. I was missing something which would be also linked to my other passion, which was fashion. Mm -hmm. So I was missing, you know, like a sexy tone of voice to talk about sustainability. So Mm -hmm. what I met with uh, Stephanie, she actually had similar ideas and she already had started the Conscious Festival at the time, but on on a side project. And mm-hmm. we were really aligned on this vision to make sustainability more accessible, mainstream and sexy. And that became Greenest and New Black. So it's all about talking about environmental issues, which are super scary, that we keep hearing on media, climate change, chemicals in our food, plastic in the oceans, but in a more empowering, positive and sexy way. So we have a lot of different things to do. It. We, as you said, do it through our online media platform, where we create content, videos, photos, articles, and we also organize the conscious festivals. And yes, we've been doing them for five years in Singapore, three years in Hong Kong. We were supposed to launch in London, but COVID-19 um, made us, you know, change our strategy and now we're going online. That's amazing. Brilliant. Sounds amazing. Love the idea of making it um, accessible and sexy. I think that's <laughs> pretty much what we're trying to do with sustainability with the <laughs> podcast. So I'm really, really down with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's also quite difficult. So definitely appreciate that. 
Um, in terms of, you know, the current climate, companies, do you think companies need to be more aware of sustainability policies? Um, I feel like you have a lot of insight, especially working with and in different countries. Um, so, yeah, just give us a bit of kind of an insight on your side of that. Yeah, I think um, we worked with two different kind of companies. So we work with uh, small brands and we currently work with 160 conscious brands, uh, social enterprises or SMEs going from 13 countries, but essentially from Asia. And we help them to create content. Uh, we connect them and then we create events for them. And these small brands, they're all aware of sustainability because I think at their heart, in their DNA, they actually started their companies because they wanted to have a huge impact. Mm. But we also work with bigger companies, multinationals, corporates, that we've been working with, you know, Holland and Barrett. Um, oh, we've been yeah. working with Lush, with fashion brands, um, even banks uh, such as HSBC. And these guys, they're just catching up the trend because they were not born with wanting to have a beautiful impact on the planet and the communities at first. And now they're just catching up the trends because they know they have to do it for a few different mm. reasons, just because consumers demand for it. And because even their own employees, they want to be part of it, the next generation, millennials, etc. they want to be working in a purpose-driven company. And these guys... Sometimes you just deal with really well aware, educated and, you know, well-intentioned people. And sometimes you just work with people who just want to do this because they know there is some sort of a profitability behind. But, I mean, we're totally fine with it. As long as, you know, at the end of the day, the impact is uh, created and that the person at the end of the day will just gain something out of it, we're super fine with it. And I do feel that if you look at the world and so some industries we're actually covering, such as fashion, beauty, lifestyle, and food, there's so many things to do. Like I was reading, I don't know if you read the report from the business of fashion with McKinsey. Yeah. Actually, yeah. It's crazy to see that actually like none of uh, what should have been done in the past five years has been done like nothing like this the right. status uh-huh. in terms of fashion is so low i don't know what you thought about that but it's um, just shocking to see how behind we are i think and i think it's i've i've had separate conversations with people over the past couple of days about different different things and yeah. i'm just realizing just as an industry and to, it's just it's just shocking to see how bad we are we have all these plans in place but then there's other things that just take over I think the issue on this side um, and it's not just sustainability we can say this with many other social issues diversity being one of them is that there's a complete lack of um, a lack of urgency urgency and the word I was going to use has completely escaped my mind Um, people aren't being held accountability people aren't being accountable being held accountable for everything that they said that they're being that they're doing so it's amazing that, you know, brands are pushing out these plans and they're sharing it with the world. But, you know, three years later, even three months later, who in their team is actually actioning that and who from the external world is actually checking up on it? That's, I think, where the issue is. There isn't really anyone actually checking in on people and being like, you said three months ago that you were going to do this and then you haven't done it. 
and because you haven't done it this is going to happen um there's that doesn't exist so um, very manipulative um the way everything is communicated i'm thinking about you know uh packaging for instance which Mm, is a huge issue right um like there's some targets now which are actually uh, demanded by you know frameworks so company have to follow that for instance the number of percentage of recycled packaging but having a recycled packaging doesn't mean it will be recycled in the end and i think that's the biggest one of the biggest also scam in terms of packaging or in terms of how companies are just you know follow the guidelines the rules but then in the end still not doing their their work um mm-hmm. and I could go on and on. But the other <laughs> thing that I wanted to, I don't know if, you, if you're aware of the ESG, so environmental, social, and governance report. Yeah, because in Asia, for instance, it's, it's mandatory, but it's based on um, any reference. So there is no real framework. So it's just a company which is stating stuff, but there is no um, verification by any third party. Whereas in Europe, now it's mandatory it's been mandatory for a long time and also there are third parties which are checking but imagine in asia nobody's checking that it's like it's a it's a huge mess um so i think until the time we will have clear framework which are measurable which are comparable in between countries then we won't be able to really understand fully uh, the communications and operations or what companies are doing in terms of sustainability definitely yeah um so i guess going on to the conscious festival that's on this weekend isn't it yes trying to think of the dates all the days are blurring i have no idea what day it is (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's on this weekend um so what can we expect sort of line up how does it work especially now that you're going it's going to be a completely virtual festival. What can people expect? So we try to recreate exactly the same happenings at our physical festivals. And for that, we chose to use a platform called Hopin. And mm-hmm. it's a very cool platform where it's really easy, intuitive, and you can hop from one aspect of the festival to another. And we have a big conference a live stage. We have some interactive workshops. We have a marketplace with brands going from Europe and Asia and essentially Paris, London, and then Singapore, Hong Kong, but also Thailand and Indonesia and other countries. And we also have a networking aspect. And the cool thing with Hopin is that it's really uh, intuitive, as I said, and you can really in one click just go from one platform to another and then find yourself into a totally different space yet learning about you know cool things so biodiversity sustainability how to tackle climate change zero waste and even wellness our relationship with nature so a bit of spirituality too and in terms of yeah in terms of the conferences we have three different days so we have the first day which is friday so this friday june the 12th which is dedicated to business and we're going to start with uh, Ingmar, who is the founder of we don't have time.org, which mm-hmm. is this huge conference and now app, which I think will become the next Instagram for people caring about sustainability. It's becoming huge. They just had an event for the World Environmental Day and they had 2 million people tuning in, which is crazy. Wow. And it's only like a one year old uh, startup. 
So oh, he's going to okay. be delivering an uh, opening speech. And then we have ministers, my minister, because I'm French, uh, Brune Poisson from the uh, Minister of Sustainability is going to speak, which is a really cool thing. Yes, we have, yeah, it's really nice. We have also how to move away our money from polluters, so from banks and financial institutions. Um, just to give you a teaser, um, you know, the reason why renewables haven't worked so far is because the fossil fuel industries were so profitable for banks that banks were just, you know, backing um, the fossil fuel industry and then lobbies and et cetera, which means that, yeah, it was super hard to just prevent banks to uh, support the fossil fuel industry. But now it's changing because fossil fuel industries are not that profitable anymore. Mm-hmm. The price of oil has just decreased and it's becoming super hard and more expensive to look for fuel because we just use all of the, you know, very easy to find fuel. Yeah. So now it's how can we accelerate this movement? So we have a panel on that. So yeah, many different things. So that's for the Friday. And Saturday, Sunday, we have um, uh, some talks on wellness still business but more like the perception of how can we influence people working within corporations to be the change so we call it intrapreneurship you know when you work for a big company you're aware that you're part of the problem but how can we make sure you just change that and then the sunday we're going to have planet and fashion so that's the big themes for the conferences oh wow that's amazing it really does sound really great um, I'm really looking forward to it because we've got tickets, so we're going to say, are we going? Because I really yeah. <laughs> we've got tickets, so that we'll be attending over the weekend. Yes. I'm, hoping to, I'm hoping yeah. I can kind of log in for a bit on the Friday and get some of the um, the talks and listen to the ministers speak. Yeah, uh, yeah. just add also it's in light of what's happening right now um, with all of the uh, protests, which I think is so topical. Um, we also wanted to uh, raise some points around the fact that colonialism is linked with capitalism and patriarchy. So we're going to have also someone talking about that um, just purely because slavery started by people wanting to put profit over people and you just Mm -hmm. related into, you know, what we've been knowing so far in history and it's so interconnected that one cannot go with the other and capitalism is also what you know is accelerating big environmental issues such as climate change including overconsumption so we're gonna have people tackling that and i'm really glad um fantastic yeah Yeah, this is incredible okay it's i'm I'm, like i said i'm really looking forward to logging in and catching some of the talks and it'll be nice to hear some of the wellness ones on Saturday and Sunday as well, seeing as we're all still isolating, it'll be a good time to take that information in and really yeah. run with it. But um, so putting on a festival in the middle of a global pandemic must feel really, really strange. And as we said before we were recording, it's been one hell of a week for you. <laughs> it's a really amazing <laughs> to see <laughs> how innovative you guys are being. Are you seeing changes not only with brands, but during, but also with like consumers during this time and how their attitudes are towards sustainability? I think we're seeing a huge, yeah, a huge trend into consuming um, more local products because we've seen that because of the pandemics, you know, a lot of 
companies have been really struggling with their value chains and we just realized suddenly that one product could have been made out of PCs which come from 80 different places in the world, which was mm -hmm. completely crazy when you think about it. And some people now realize that, which is great. So I think people who've been and consumers who've been realizing that they're more willing to consume more local products, which is definitely one of the aspects uh, to consider if you want to if you want to consume more consciously. So mm -hmm. this for sure. We've been also coming across some trends. I think it's seventy percent of people millennials uh, who said that they will only be purchasing uh, sustainable products. Wow, a huge shift. 70% of millennials. In, in the Western world, in the Western world. Yeah, that's still really high. That's yeah, it's, it's huge. Wow. I mean, I've even noticed myself, I mean, I will go to like our local farmer's market and things like that as much, and I don't really like to go to the supermarket anyway, but being at home, I've had more time on the weekends where I'm not running around and not going to work during the week to do things more locally and go to our local we've got a couple of like smaller grocers and like stalls that are farmers market type things yeah. so it's just been nice to do that even for myself so I can imagine I can imagine that that statistic is really really um relevant and what's the word um <laughs> I've lost my words to reflecting I think what's it's going on in yeah, society yeah yeah and I think after that, you know, stats, it's, it's more about people willing to do something after we have to just check the reality. But I think it's already a great testimonial of the fact that people, yeah, are changing. At the same time, I've also seen a lot of narratives, especially in media, about people wanting to go back really quickly to normal. Mm -hmm. um, and what is normal? Scares, yeah, this scares me so much because yeah. I don't think we should ever go back to like the state of the world before um yeah. and again i don't have maybe it's my bias because you know we're all biased by what we consume the kind of circle we are in the network yeah. my network i don't know uh but based on what i'm reading and stuff um it, it, it also seems like there's like now a polarity even bigger between people who just are in denial and people who want to change um that's my two cents on, on the station but I think <laughs> yeah. it comes from me yeah it is difficult because we do live in a bit of a bubble if the fact that we're on a podcast talking about sustainability shows that yeah. we actively have an interest in it so it's yeah what the everyday consumer looks like is probably a little bit different yeah yeah that that's why I find that percentage really high because thinking about but yeah I guess it's only a good thing we shouldn't challenge it no, <laughs> I guess off the back of that, with that statistic in mind, for the thirty percent that either don't know how to make those changes or don't want to, I mean, what are the, the kind of tips that you would give to anybody listening who wants to make changes to be more sustainable at the moment and ongoing? I should say, not just now. <laughs> I I always uh, get these questions. I love it. At the same times. Um, because we're in this sustainability podcast, I'm sure that all of our audience is already aware, already doing things, maybe more things than me, you know. I would go to the usual things which are reduce your meat consumption, buy only second hand, uh, reduce your 
um, travel footprint by not taking flight or by not using you know your cars walk as much as possible I could go on and on and I think we all know the little green steps so we call them the little green steps here maybe I don't know about your audience maybe tell me maybe that's off uh, we off have we, we've yeah. got a lot of people who are kind of getting into sustainability I think and right. okay learn as they're as they're on their journey as well as some people who have been doing this for for years so mm-hmm. or for the for those that are on their journey i think for those who are on their journey i think it's the first thing is to be super humble and then to accept that, that this is a journey <laughs> because i think when you start to confront your uh, system beliefs and your habits then you tend to be if you're like an ambitious person you tend to be very radical with everything around you including yourself so Mm -hmm. when I started and I realized that everything that I had done so far you know was completely not completely but some of my habits were not really good for the planet then I started to be super extreme so I became vegetarian and then I wanted to cut on all of my plastic and then I was not really nice with people around me because I was just criticizing them and I was just I wanting them I wanted them to do the same thing yeah then the more now I'm progressing the more I know that there's so many things to do and the number one thing that you know sustainability will progress on is love and that's so cliche but I just do believe in that so much so it's not about being just perfect it's about accepting that we're all in this together and we're a community because if you just bring the sense of community of connectivity with nature with yourself with others then you will understand that not only you do it for the planet but especially for yourself so there is the sense of love to others love to yourself which is so um critical i don't know if if i'm going to find like a hippie (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I love hippie dippy. That's my favourite. Oh, that was so nice. But that's what the world should be built on. People yeah. need to have a little bit more love in them. So believe me, it's not hippie dippy. It should just be <laughs> <laughs> Um Oh wow, we've gone through these questions, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Wow, this was so quick. Um so could you tell us what's next for Green is the New Black? What's next for Green is the New Black? Um, so we were supposed to launch a festival in London. So I'm hoping that if, if things, you know, allow us to organize festivals outdoor, we will be able to launch our first one in London. And it might be hopefully in the location that we had spotted before, which is in King's Cross. And oh, it will be in partnership with, yeah, it's cool. It will be in partnership with the Meals Fabrica, which is, a incubator for the future of sustainable fashion and they cherish specifically um, startups which are at the intersection of tech and fashion so they call it textile and they're opening up this huge space in king's cross which is super nice and it's actually just 10 minutes work from the central st martins which is also doing a lot and we worked with students actually csm students created our visuals so it's a really nice little community in King's Road that we're hoping to just steal something, you know, later. 
Brilliant. That'd be fantastic. I really hope that this kind of the state of the nation changes and travel for everyone because you're based in Paris, aren't you? So I was based in, in oh. Hong Kong in Singapore. And mm-hmm. more and more, I think I want to go back to my roots. And there's also something, you know, I've been doing some traveling between Asia and Europe. So a huge carbon footprint in terms of flight. Yeah. Trying to offset it, compensate with, you know, buying some trees, etc. But I still feel uh, guilty and, you know, and I want to change that. So there's also a question of me wanting to align to the fullest more and more my values to, uh, the way I conduct my business because I can't lie anymore to myself like this is too much so I'm trying to go back to Europe and to stay in Europe mm-hmm. and I think yeah the the, the pandemic just taught us also how to organize events online which in terms of carbon footprint is also super cool because it's mm-hmm. super low you know we have speakers yeah. going from all over the world and it's really nice it's not the same but I think you know it can create also some precedence for us to just have a huge impact worldwide while being in our local communities. And I think I love this kind of exchange between global reach and being in your local community. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice because it's still so accessible, isn't it? Doing it this way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And we hope to, so we also launched a documentary because we, we went to the Arctic with a foundation called the 2041 foundation and it's a foundation led by Sir Robert Swan, who is the first man in history who walked both the North Pole and the South Pole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a super cool guy. And him and his son Barney are taking 80 people every year to the poles oh, wow. um, from all around the world so as they can raise awareness around climate change, you know, ice melting but also around the fact that after 2041, there will be uh, the treaty, which is now protecting the, the poles, will be gone. Mm. And then there's a lot of uh, oil in the poles. So there's yeah. some oil and gas companies, you know, waiting for the treaty to be gone, to just go there and drill for, for, for fuel, which is not cool. So the idea is really to raise awareness around that. So we created a documentary and, and it's our first one which will go out um, in the next few months. Amazing. So, so that, yeah, that's, that sounds amazing. And we'll definitely look out for that. When does that come out? Well, I mean, it's our first documentary. So we're still nav- navigating through applying for film festivals. So if you do that, then you can't really uh, launch it on social media, you know, the way we do it nowadays. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we're hoping, yeah, in the next two months. Oh, means, wow. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Okay, we'll definitely keep our eyes open for that. That's it's it. called the Naked Arctic Adventure because it's the story of uh, um, Stephanie and I, um, just like two girls in their 30s, going to the Arctic, uh, observing firsthand the consequences of climate change and wondering if individuals could have an impact on such a big issue such as climate change. So it all goes down to you know, our um, ability to create systemic change with only one individual which i so believe in but it's sometimes it is sometimes questioned by people you know this like is it worth doing some little green steps for me the answer is hell yes but some people are still questioning it so we wanted to prove it through the documentary in a way yeah i love that 
Oh, it sounds Brilliant. amazing. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so interesting and I, I genuinely cannot wait to take part in the festival this weekend. Before you. you leave us, we ask um, all of our guests who come on to give us a challenge around the topic of sustainability. I'm not sure if you've had a, a think about what you wanted to get us to do. Yeah, I, I would love that. I actually have one. We have one as a company, as Green is the New Black. So yeah. we have one around Little Green Steps. So it's the thing I just shared, you know, around the fact that small steps can lead to systemic change. And if you go to our website, website the uh, www.greenisthenewblack.com there is a tech action section where you have different categories through which you have concrete uh, little green steps you can take and then you can actually do like um, a challenge where you pledge for your little green steps oh wow that's amazing yeah. Brilliant. Okay. And accountability. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Held accountable. Love it. Okay. We will get on that. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been so great. If we were to look you up on social media, where would we be able to find you? Me personally, it's Paula underscore Michaelis. And it's at greenestonyblack.com for uh, the social enterprise I founded. Yeah. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so and much. The Conscious Festival is on from the 12th to the 14th of June. And where can people get tickets if they want to? So um, they, yeah, they can get tickets through our Facebook page. So again, it's at greenestonyblack.com or our website, uh, www.greenestonyblack.com. Very easy. And okay. then they will get a link uh, to go to Hopin, which is the even app we're using to have a full interactive uh, experience. Fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you.